be in 1 Samuel and chapter 12. We've been talking about prayer, obviously, since we started the new year, and we've got our theme, Call Unto Me. I hope that you're being faithful and praying for each other. Make sure today that you fill out uh, one of the prayer slips, family prayer slips, before you leave today um, and get that taken care of as well. Today I want to talk about um, the sin of prayerlessness, why it's a sin when we don't pray. We talk about God calling us to pray and uh, God uh, expecting us to pray. God says, call unto me, and I will answer thee, and I'll show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And so we know we're supposed to pray. We have looked at last week even how to pray. And we talked, or not last week, I guess two weeks ago now, <clears throat> on how to pray. And we looked at uh, Christ as he taught his disciples how to pray. And into that um, <clears throat> scope and then making sure that we are praying in a biblical fashion. And make sure that we're not praying vain prayers or empty prayers. Make sure that we're not just saying words, but we're actually praying, asking God for things. <clears throat> so today I want us to look at this thought of the, the sin of prayerlessness. 1 Samuel chapter 12, and let's look in verse 23. I'm on the wrong page. Here we go. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 23 says, Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you, but I will teach you the good and the right way. Let's read that again. 1 Samuel 12, verse 23. Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you, but I will teach you the good and the right way. Here he says, God forbid that I should sin against God by stopping to pray for you. I believe it is a sin to not pray. I think that every sin that we commit is a result of a lack of prayer. If I sin in thinking wrong thoughts, it's probably led up to the fact that I wasn't praying enough. That I didn't have my mind on what it was supposed to be on. If I sin in an attitude, in a response to someone, a, a, an angry response to someone, it's probably because I was not praying the way I was supposed to. It's a, it's a result of a lack of prayer. When we're faithful in praying the way God wants us to, it's going to lead us away from many of the sins that we commit. Christians battle with a number of sins like pride, bitterness, selfishness. All of those things are a result of not praying. If I'm praying the way I'm supposed to, pride's going to have a hard time getting into my life. It's just that simple. Bitterness is not going uh, to be able to creep in when I'm constantly praying. Why? Because when I'm praying, if I'm praying biblically, I'm praying for the people who, who hurt me. I'm praying for uh, uh, the effect that it had on me. I'm praying for forgiveness uh, uh, over my thoughts with it. So bitterness can't creep in and take hold in there. But when we're not praying we're oftentimes falling into sin. And I believe the lack of prayer can be a sin or is a sin as well. Some may ask, um, <clears throat> is, not, uh, is not praying really a sin? Is me not praying actually a sin? I think it is, and that's what the Bible shows us here. Let's pray and then we'll, we'll dive into it. Lord, I, I thank you again for the opportunity to come today and to look into your word. 
Lord, I pray that today it would be a profitable time in your word, that we would grow from it, that we'd learn from it. Lord, that you would uh, make us uh, better prayers. Lord, that we'd be more faithful in prayer because of your word today. Lord, I pray that you'd help me to present this clearly and correctly. And Lord, again, may we draw closer to you because of it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Number one, I want us to see in the sin of prayerlessness, number one, proof that not praying is a sin. And I think we see that here in, in uh, 1 Samuel when he says, uh, God forbid that I, I would sin, uh, <clears throat> that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. Then in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, the Bible says, pray without ceasing. All right, so I take that as a command from God, instruction from God, pray without ceasing. So if I'm not praying, am I obeying God? No. What is sin? There's all kinds of different little definitions for sin, but ultimately it's anything that displeases God, anything that is opposed to what God has told me to do, any disobedience I have towards God. So if God says pray without ceasing and I'm not praying, well, therefore I'm not doing what God's told me to do. The Bible commands us to pray many times over. Uh, Luke 18.1 says men ought always to pray. Ephesians 6.18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Jesus warns the disciples to watch and pray lest they fall into temptation. It goes back to that statement I made at the beginning where uh, every sin we commit is a result of not praying. It's a result of lack of prayer. God says to his disciples, you need to be praying. You need to be watching and praying unless you fall into temptation. If our mindset isn't right, if our actions are not right, uh, and I mean through prayer and through other things as well, but through prayer, we are going to be more easily tempted by Satan because we're not having that conversation with God. We're not having that relationship with God the way that we're supposed to. Um, You hear of marriages that fall apart. And oftentimes it starts with a lack of communication. And, uh, and before long, that lack of communication grows bigger and bigger between the two. And then next thing you know, they're really not even talking to each other, living in the same house, uh, often sleeping in the same bed. They're just not talking. There's no relationship there. Why? Because there's no communication. And before long, it's just they come to this thought that, well, we fell out of love and whatever. Obviously, there's other reasons for divorce as well. But... We see this true as well with our relationship with God. When we are close with God, we are in communication with God. Us with God and God with us. We're speaking to God, and through His Word, He's speaking to us. Now, if we're not reading the Bible, then we're going to have a lack of communication there as well. We're cutting ourselves off. But we see here in this, in this understanding the why it's important to pray, we also see that God commands us to pray, and so if we're not praying then we're not obeying. And if we're not obeying, then we're sinning. Um, If God commands us to do it and we don't do it, then it's sin. It's just that simple. We see, um, I believe, biblical proof that that not praying is a sin. Lack of prayer is a sin. And again, we've got to be cautious about our prayers, about our prayer times. Pray without ceasing is that constant mindset of prayer that... um, that constant uh, uh, talking to God. 
And so we go through our day, and sometimes you know we pray for our meal. Maybe I hope that you read your Bible and take some time to pray each day. If you do that in the morning or at night, whenever you do that, we pray then. Um, we pray uh, 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 sometimes if something comes up throughout the day. And I hope that even the, the little things that we're doing, like the family prayer slips that we're doing, I hope that's encouraging you and, and, and uh, helping you to pray more as well, making it a constant effort to do so. But we have to make sure that we are in, in consistent prayer, and consistent open communication, so to say, with God. God commands us to pray, and if all we're doing is say, Lord, thank you for this food, amen, I'm not sure that's, that's accomplishing what, I know it's not accomplishing what God wants it to accomplish. I think we should pray at each meal. I think it's good. I think it's right. I think it's healthy. Uh, I think it's great to teach our children about prayer a little bit in that mindset as well. We've let our kids pray for meals for many, many years now. It is very simple. I remember the first time we asked Brett, Brett, do you want to pray? No. <laughs> no, I don't know how to do that. Well, sure you do. You've heard me do it a million times. Um, go ahead, go for it. Now, I don't know how you are, and you don't have to be the same way we are. Um, I've always kind of liked the idea of, you know how to do this, just do it. Well, I don't know how to, yeah, you do, just go ahead. We'll sit there for an hour till the kid prays. Um, and, uh, you know, nowadays it's not a big deal. Whose turn is it to pray? My turn, my turn. No, it's my turn. No, it's my turn. All right, why don't you just pray? Um, right? But in that early stages, it's, the, it's that getting over that fear of, of, of praying because I'm not sure if I'm doing it right and all those kinds of things. We know how to pray when we should be praying consistently throughout the day, praying at work. When we're able to, uh, you know, the thing about prayer is, again, it's, it doesn't have to be out loud. Um, I don't think you should be ashamed to pray out loud, but there are times it's just not appropriate to pray out loud. Um, there are times when I'll be sitting and we're singing a song in church and I'm praying. I'm not doing it out loud because that would be kind of distracting. Um, I remember in our church in Tennessee, um, they did camp meetings. And uh, I remember the first time, the first camp meeting I went to, I'd never been to a camp meeting before. And uh, now my pastor was a yeller and a spitter and all that kind of stuff. But, but uh, they called all the, all the pastors to the front, anybody that's in ministry. Come to the front. We're going to pray, start the service. Everybody come to the front. So there was about, I don't know, 20 guys. And we're all up there at the front, knelt down at the front of the church. And the pastor says, all right, I'm going to have brother whoever pray for us for the meetings tonight. Let's pray. And as soon as he said that, everybody 19 of them, not 20 because it wasn't me, 19 of them started praying out loud all at the same time. And I'm sitting there, I open my eyes. I'm looking around like, what is happening? I've never seen this before. Everybody at the same time praying. I'm like, the guy that's supposed to be praying that the pastor called on to pray, you can't hear him. You can hear everybody else pray. For me, it was very distracting. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, uh, there's times that's best just to hold it inside. Pray, pray to yourself. And uh, so at work, when we're sitting there and we're frustrated, we can pray. We don't have to get down on one knee. We don't have to, to, to get down with our faces on the ground. We don't have to uh, uh, shout it from the rooftops. We can pray. I oftentimes pray as I'm talking to someone. I'm talking with someone and I can realize and I can sense and understand I need help in this conversation. So while I'm trying very hard to, to listen, I'm saying, Lord, help me. Give me the words. Give me the wisdom. Help me in this conversation. There are, there are other situations where I'm on the phone with somebody and I'm going, oh, Lord, this needs to go a different direction. God, please help me in this situation. We can be praying all the time. We should be praying all the time. And if we're not praying, we're sinning. 
Not praying leaves the doors open for other sin. We've kind of talked about this, but uh, Mark, uh, Mark 14, you can turn there with me, Mark 14. And this is discussed about in Luke as well, but Mark 14. Look in verse 38, Mark 14 and verse 38. The Bible says, Watch ye and pray lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. I mentioned this earlier, but it is, it is so true. Here God talking to the, to the disciples. Uh, here this is the Last Supper time. This is, Christ is almost being ready to, cru- to be crucified. And He has been telling His disciples this event is coming and they don't seem to be grasping it very well. But he tells them here, he says, Watch and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. Have you ever met someone who you would say is on fire for God? They're gung-ho. They're excited about anything they can do to serve God. They are ready for it. And then it didn't take long, and all of a sudden you realize they weren't quite as on fire as you thought they were. I grew up at church camp, and sadly, oftentimes you have kids who will... Well, a church can't make a decision for God, dedicate their lives, um, say they're going to go home and change this in their life, those kind of things. And when they get home, they do that, but it doesn't hold for very long. Sometimes it's off of an emotion. They saw their friend go forward or something like that, and they, they, they didn't truly dedicate it to God. And so they, they had a good motive maybe, but their flesh was just so weak that before long it just didn't work. I've told you before about a friend of mine who's pastor now, and he was, when I first met him, he wasn't faithful in church, and he was, he was saved, but he wasn't faithful in church, and, and, uh, and then we got to know each other, and he started coming to church regularly, and, and, um, and then just his life began to change. God began to change him. Um, everything from the simple things as dress, he dressed different, um, he, he had different priorities in his home, his music changed. All that kind of stuff was taking place in his life, and he was on fire. He was wanting to do anything and everything that he could. Hey, can I do anything? Can I teach? Can I help? Can I whatever? And uh, so again, to plug him into different ministries and things like that. And, and I had someone tell me, they said, just wait. It won't last. And I said, that's just, that's really discouraging. Well, I know him, and, and uh, you know, he, he gets excited about things, but it won't last. I said, well, that's a really bad attitude <laughs> I said, that's not very encouraging uh, to him. Now, they didn't tell him that. But I said, that's not, that's not the, the temperament you should have about this. You should be thankful. You should be excited for him. And you should be encouraging him so that he will maintain. So that he will have the edification that he needs and the support that he needs to maintain. And, and he has maintained it. And today he pastors a growing church and he's doing wonderful things for the Lord. I'm excited. I'm excited for him and to see what he's doing and what God's doing through him. But you see, the flesh is weak. And I know people who have said, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. I have bukus of friends from college who had plans to go into ministry, missionaries, and do whatever. And today they're smoking weed in Colorado, literally. The flesh is weak. And if we're not watching and praying, we're going to fall into temptation. If If we're not praying, then we are sinning. We have to be faithful in prayer. Prayer leaves, or The lack of prayer leaves the door open for other sins. If the disciples needed that when they were next to Jesus, how much more do I need it? If Christ says to the disciples who had watched 
miracle after miracle and amazing thing after amazing thing with God, with Christ. And he says, watch and pray lest you fall into temptation for the spirit is truly ready, but the, the flesh is weak. Now, we read about some of the disciples and we can say, oh yeah, you know, doubting Thomas. Oh, he's weak. Doubting Thomas had more faith than I usually have. We see we need to pray. We need to watch. We need to be vigilant. We need to be calling on God and talking to God. David prayed these prayers and many more, but Psalm 141.3, he says, Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Psalm 19.14, Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. John Bunyan, he said, Prayer will make a man cease from sin, as sin will entice a man to cease from prayer. You see, prayer is so crucial in our lives because it's a conversation, it's a, it's a communication that we have with God. And if we're not communicating with God, we shouldn't expect God to communicate with us. And here we are in our lives and we go through and we have, we have all kinds of different stresses that the world puts on us. From everything from payments on things to co-workers to employers and employees to traffic to uh, uh, registration on vehicles that you're trying to figure out, why am I paying this much? To taxes, to all these kinds of stuff that goes on in the world. And it's all these different stressors and pressures that go on. And if we're not praying consistently with God, we're going to be tempted to fall into a wrong mindset. I'm cautious with this, and I say this very cautiously. But I believe that oftentimes depression is a result of a lack of prayer. Now, I don't truly comprehend everything about depression, and I don't pretend to. I know it's very real, and it affects people very intensely. But I believe as a Christian, we have everything at our disposal with God. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He is everywhere. He can do all things. And so I know that if I am faithful, I know that God can carry me through and that God can take care of me. I'm not anti-medication. I believe medication can be very helpful. I believe God can use medication and does use medication at times for different things. But we have to understand if I'm not praying, the door is wide open for Satan to come in and kick me down. You know, they uh, have a big string of things going on in Lexington right now where guys are going through and opening car doors, stealing stuff out of cars. And most of them are not breaking in as far as breaking windows. They're just pulling door handles. And if the door is unlocked, they open the door up and they look for whatever they can find. Loose change. They're looking for firearms. They're looking for drugs. They're looking for whatever they can get. And you know, it's, it is, it, it is, it's sad. It's, it, it's, it changes some of the ways. We had this happen with our vehicles when we lived in the other house. And, and uh, you know, we forgot to lock the doors and, and it just so happened we got out there the next day and all the stuff from the glove compartment strewed all over the car and, and whatever. And I just think, man, that's just, that's just wrong. How dare they? And, and it's, it is wrong. They shouldn't do that. But the reality is, had I locked my door, it wouldn't have happened to me. Prayer is like locking the door. <laughs> it's not that Satan won't try to break the window sometimes. But when I don't pray, I just I leave the door unlocked. And Satan can just... Open the door. Take whatever he wants. Prayer is crucial. It is important. And we must pray. If we're not praying, then we are sinning. And that statement by John, Bun John Bunyan is so true. Where prayer makes a man cease from sin, but sin will entice a man to cease from prayer. The more we sin, the further we get away from God, 
the more that communication breaks, we have to be faithful in prayer. Number two, the results of not praying. The results of not praying. God's people don't get what they ought to have when they don't pray. God says, I'll supply your every need. (laughs) Yet oftentimes we don't have what we need, but it's because we haven't asked for it. We haven't prayed. The result of not praying is you don't get what you need. You don't get what you ought to have, what, what is yours. James 1.5 says, if you lack wisdom, ask for it. And God will give it to you liberally. The result of not praying is we don't have what we ought, what we ought to have. As a parent, I need wisdom every single day with my kids. Uh, both of my kids have my attitude but from when I was in high school. When I was a kid, I was soft, I was tender, I was sweet, I was obedient. Uh, I was a perfect child, nearly. The older I got and the more attitude I got, you know, some of my friends maybe influenced me in some ways and things like that. My kids have my high school attitude already. So I'm shaping that. I think you know what I mean. Uh, we're, we're fixing it. We're trying to right now. So yesterday an event happened. My wife said something for the kids to do, and one of my kids uh, kicked something, walked through, and slammed the door. So I said as calmly as I could, come here and sit on my bed. And what's the first thing that child said? I don't want a spanking. (laughs) Okay. So if you don't want a spanking, how should have you responded to your mother? They know that. They know the answer. They know how they're supposed to behave, but sometimes they don't do it. There are times as a dad, I, I, I severely hate punishing my children. I cannot stand it, especially spankings. I, I hate spankings with a passion. Um, anytime I have to spank my children, it's, it's heart-wrenching for me. Um, but I'm the, I'm the one, I take it upon myself, I'm the one that does it. And so... Uh, uh, and, and, you know, we, we do what we got to do. We do what we believe we're supposed to do. We do it the right way, biblically. We don't abuse our children. We don't beat our children. But we do spank our children. You know, I need wisdom in that. I need wisdom when I'm a little heated to not spank my children. Because we don't spank our children out of anger. That's unbiblical. We spank our children out of love. So there's a time where my kid does something and I say, if I spank him right now, it may not be biblical. So I need wisdom. I need help with that. I need wisdom on how to handle decisions in life. All kinds of different decisions. Jobs, uh, purchases. Um, in my life, the church and all these different things. We need wisdom all the time. I need wisdom on how to be the right kind of spouse. All of these things. And God says if you lack wisdom, all you got to do is ask for it and it's yours. So when we're not praying, the result is we don't have what we need or what we, what we ought to have. James 4.2 says you have not because you ask not. Uh, if, you're, if you have needs and you don't have it, ask God for it. Uh, I believe health. I believe health. Now there are things that God will allow into your life. There's going to have health things that maybe God chooses not to heal. But I think you better be praying about it. Um, you know, my dad, he's got a leaking heart valve that worried me for, for a bit. And we've been praying about it, and, and, uh, and the Lord's taking care of different needs for that. We ought to be praying for that kind of stuff. Um, Second Chronicles talks about that some as well. 
Um, when we don't pray, God's people don't get what they ought to have. Also, when we don't pray, God's work suffers. Uh, God's church isn't as effective as it should be if we're not praying. We're told in the Bible to go out and preach the gospel, present the gospel to every creature. It's our job as Christians, as a church, to go out and share the gospel with people. But just sharing the gospel without prayer is dangerous. And the effect is going to be limited. Because it's God who convicts people's hearts. So if we're going out and we're saying, um, here's the gospel, sometimes it's done out of pride, sadly. Sometimes people share the gospel out of pride. I don't understand, and I'm going to be somewhat careful with this too. I'm on Twitter and Facebook and I have a hard time when I see a selfie with someone who's just posted a picture, this person got saved. I really, I really struggle with that. Um, and I pray about that because it, it, it really bothers me. I think, well, why, why did you need to post a selfie? Now, you could have taken just a picture of the person, but would we not all rejoice the same if you just type out, we praise the Lord for so-and-so being saved? or for a lady being saved, or for a man being saved, or for a child being saved? Would we not rejoice the same if we didn't see the face? I would say yes, I do. I'm excited when people get saved. Now, is it wrong to post a selfie of someone who got saved, with someone who got saved? I don't know that I can go that far. I think it can be. But what I say all that to say that there's times where even when we're doing good things, we do it with the wrong motives and the wrong mindset. And we do it on our own power. We go out with our, with our own, what we think, skills or talents or abilities or gifts that we think we have. And we go out and we do this and we don't even ask God for help in, in accomplishing His mission. You know, when we've brought on missionaries for support, we pray about it. We don't just do it. Um, I remember when Mark and Ara came to church, I'd already known Mark and Ara and and had a small relationship with them and they came to the church and it was the first time in my life, I'd seen other pastors do this, but it was the first time in my life where I was sitting there while, while Mark was preaching and I just knew without a shadow of a doubt we need to support these people. I just knew it. it, was, I, it was, there was no question in my mind we needed to do it. Uh, I chose not to say anything that Sunday. I waited till the following Sunday. gave me a week to pray on it and make sure it wasn't just friendship, that it wasn't just... Um, common bonds that we had, things like that. Although I think we should support people that we're in common bonds with. I think that makes sense. Uh, but uh, have a chance to pray on it. We don't just make decisions flippantly. Even though they're good things, it's good to support missionaries. We still need to pray about it before we do it. If we're not praying, God's work will suffer. Um, I know too many missionaries that have gone to the field and have done nothing while they were there. And I believe it goes back to a lack of prayer in their lives. They were unable to do anything. Oftentimes, uh, there's missionaries, and sadly, there's missionaries that go and, and basically just live in a foreign country off of the support of other people and do no ministry work whatsoever. That's disgusting, and they're going to pay for that with God. God will take care of that. But the reality is, is we can't just go into it saying, well, I'm doing something good, so it's all fine. Uh, we still need to be faithful in praying so that God's work does not suffer. Also, I believe that if we don't pray, and this ties in with that, I believe souls go to hell because of our lack of prayer. We don't pray about where God wants us to be. We don't pray about who God wants us to share the gospel with. We don't pray about while we're sharing the gospel with people. Um, we had, you know, we had a, a system <clears throat> where we'd go out door knocking, um, and we'd, we'd go in pairs, two people. 
and the person who was knocking on the door and talking to the person would do all of that, and the second person would be silently praying while that person was talking. And it was just an edification, it was a, a lifting up, it was a helping uh, hand in the process. Um, because the understanding is, is it's not on my power, it's simply through God's power. We need God's help. Uh, my dad's church, they do a thing, and I know other churches that do this as well, uh, where they have two men every service in a back room praying during the service, during the, throughout the entire service. Uh, praying for the service that it would that God would work and that God would help and that God would help you with the pastor as he preaches and uh, even with the pastor's voice because you know oftentimes we talk too much and our voices get tired and, and uh, if the pastor's not feeling well and praying for visitors that are there and praying for the church to grow and praying for all of that that's a ministry they do it every single service they have two people that do that because prayer is important now I don't like to do that simply because I don't want more people being gone, being gone. But uh, it's important that we pray. I hope we're praying all week long, and I hope that we pray uh, so that God's work doesn't suffer. Number three, um, I need to get moving. Number three, uh, when uh, let's see, so the number one was proof that uh, not praying is a sin. Number two, we talked about the results of not praying. Number three, what does our lack of prayer prove in our own lives? It proves, number one, that uh, we have a lack of real enjoyment of God. How much do you enjoy God? You know, there are things that we enjoy in life. I enjoy coffee. Um, I don't drink it for energy. I don't drink it to wake me up. As a matter of fact, I usually drink decaf coffee. Uh, most people go, why would you do that? Because I like coffee. I enjoy the taste of the caffeine messes with me. And so I enjoy coffee. So I drink coffee almost every morning. Um, I enjoy Coke. Pepsi, Mountain Dew, root beer. I enjoy soda pop, whatever you call it. Soda, pop, Coke, whatever you call it. I enjoy it. Now, I'm trying to drink less of it. And I'm doing well at that. But I like it. It makes me happy. If I go to McDonald's, I get a large Coke with light ice because you get more Coke that way. And it's still cold. And I like McDonald's Coke. I like McDonald's French fries. Have you tried the Taco Bell French fries? They're phenomenal. Um, I, I like certain things that make me happy. They bring me joy. I like watching basketball when a team that I'm cheering for is on. And when they win, I enjoy it. I like watching football when the team I cheer for is on. And when they win, I enjoy it. I like watching football when the Patriots lose. I enjoy that. There are things in this life that give me joy. The question is, is how much do I enjoy God and the things of God? If I'm not reading my Bible and if I'm not praying, it proves that I don't have enough joy. I, I, don't, I don't enjoy God. It proves that I don't really know who God is, that I'm not taking it. Uh, I, I say this carefully, but that I'm not taking advantage of what is available to me in God and through God. When I'm not praying, it shows the lack of real enjoyment. Why do I eat? I don't eat because I need to. I eat because I like to. Now, if I stopped eating, then I would have to eat because I need to. But I eat more than I need to. I sleep sometimes more than I need to. I can get up a little earlier. I can go to bed uh, a little earlier, maybe too. Uh, I fellowship with people. I enjoy talking with people. I enjoy that. I'm going to a thing in April. I just signed up for it this weekend. <clears throat> that is, is going to be an opportunity for me to just sit down with, with pastors and just to have some fellowship time. And it's just going to be a one-day thing, and it's going to be enjoyable, and I'm going to, I'm going to like it. There's going to be people there, there that I like. There's going to be people there I don't like, but I won't talk to them. It's okay. I, I, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to enjoy myself. I enjoy fellowship. I enjoy talking with people. Why do we pray? Do we pray out of responsibility? We shouldn't. It's better than not praying, but, but we should pray because we enjoy it. 
We like talking with God. We enjoy the communication with Him. There are people in this world I do not like to talk to. There are people in this world that I do like to talk to. I should enjoy talking to God. It shows a lack of real enjoyment with God. It shows also our unbelief in uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 6. The Bible says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Listen to that again. But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he, the person that cometh to God, must believe that he is. And that he, God, is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Our going to God proves our belief in God. Our talking to God, our prayers with God, prove our belief in God. Do you believe God can help? Not only that God can help, do you believe that God will help? We talked about this before, but but when I pray, there are times where I pray and I pray, I get done praying, and and I'm sitting there going, "I, I sure hope he answers. I go, oh, wait a second, that's the wrong... That can't be right. I I need to to trust that God's going to answer. So I go back to God again with prayer and and, and go in there and show, prove to myself that I believe in God. And when we're not praying, it shows our unbelief. It shows our laziness, too busy, too distracted. It shows our priorities. Uh, You know, well, I just, you know, I I don't have time. If you don't have time to pray, you're you're missing out on what prayer is. Because you can pray at any moment, at any time. I know oftentimes if I'm in the car alone, it's a great time to pray. Turn the radio off and just talk to God. I know there are times where, where I've been praying to God and I've broken down in tears and I've got to be thinking, boy, if anybody drives past and sees me, they're probably wondering, what in the world's wrong with that guy? Now I have very darkly tinted windows, so most people can't see in, so it's not a big deal. But, uh, but we're never too busy to pray. We shouldn't be. We should be praying without ceasing all the time. We get distracted by other things, by the joys and, and entertainment of this world, and so we don't pray because of simply we're, just, we're distracted. What do we do instead of praying? <clears throat> Sometimes we do good things that hinder us from praying. As a pastor, I, I prepare sermons, and I study and, and, uh, and go through different things, and there's times where I've realized I almost have a sermon completely written. And I realize I haven't even prayed about it. Oh boy. <laughs> I go back, pray, God forgive me, help me, give me what I need for this message. We've got to be cautious. I mean, preparing sermons is a good thing. It's still studying the Bible, but, but if I'm not asking God for help, I, it's not going to be that good of a sermon. You say, well, we, you know, it's not pray a lot. No, I do, I promise. Uh, we get busy planning or preparing stuff. Uh, you know, ministry-wise, everything that we do in our lives, in my family, in my home, um, I would say, I say everything, I would say 85 to 90 percent of the things we do in our home has some effect on the church. Um, whether it's a schedule situation, whether it's a time to prepare, all that kind of stuff, it all affects what goes on with the church. And so there are times where we're busy planning things and preparing for things and, and we haven't prayed about it. It's going to hinder. It's going to be a problem. Our lack of prayer shows where our priorities lie. Martin Luther said um, <clears throat> he has so much work to do for God that he could never get it done unless he prayed three hours a day. That's an interesting thought. He said, I've got so much to get done for God, I can't do it unless I pray three hours a day. 
Most of us would say, well, I'm so busy, so I don't have three hours to pray. Oftentimes, I'd fall into that category. I don't have three hours to just pray, not to just dedicate that time away for prayer. I could pray while I'm doing other things, but just to sit down and pray, I'm too busy for that. Martin Luther said it was important. It was crucial for him to do so. I think sometimes, not sometimes, oftentimes, our lack of prayer is a result of the wrong priorities. Maybe we can't do three hours set aside simply to pray, but we can be praying while we're doing other things, making it a priority in our life. Lastly today, how to overcome the sin of not praying. Number one, very simply, set a time to pray. Set it in your schedule. Make it in your schedule to pray. Uh, I would suggest for it to be prayer and Bible study. Um, There's a missionary, I don't remember who it was, but he said, no Bible, no breakfast. I don't have time to read my Bible, I'm not eating breakfast. Bible comes first. Well, we need to set a time. Put it in your schedule. Uh, for a lot of us, that's what we have to do. If we don't make it as part of our daily schedule, it won't happen. It won't get done. So, so set, up aside, set aside a time to do that. Um, Proverbs 8, 17 talks about uh, the mornings as well. <clears throat> I want to read it because I don't remember word for word what it says. Proverbs 8, 17 says, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. That's not, I don't think that's a, I've heard people use that as, that's, you've got to do it in the morning. I don't think that's what it's saying, but I think it is important, and again, it shows priorities, that those that seek me, seek God early shall find me. If we're waiting till after our problem has happened, it's not that we can't pray about it and that we shouldn't pray about it, but we should have prayed about it before the problem came. <laughs> we should have asked for God for wisdom on it. And pray throughout the process as well. Uh, pray for things, uh, or excuse me, make prayer a habit. And when that works into your schedule. When, you've, when you're doing it consistently all the time, it becomes a habit. Pray for every burden uh, that comes into your life. Don't wait. Pray immediately. Pray by yourself. And uh, don't make others pray for you only. Don't, don't let other people pray for you when you're not praying for yourself. Pray for yourself. Pray for the burdens that God has put on your heart. Pray for things on the spot. Don't wait. That's something I'm still trying to grow in, something I'm still trying to learn in. People say, hey, would you pray for me? Yes, I'll do that. John Rice talked about the fact that if he, if he wasn't going to pray for them on the spot, he would not agree to pray for them. When I first read that, I thought, that's weird. Um, how would that make someone feel? If you came to me and you said, Pastor, uh, will you pray for me for this thing? And I, and I would say, no. <laughs> wait, what? I wouldn't do that, but, but, uh, but it's interesting because he said, John Rice said, he was a preacher, he said, he said, if I didn't pray for them on the spot, then I would forget about it. And if I didn't have time to stop and pray for them, I would politely tell them no. And, <laughs> and it went a lot to them. I thought, oh, that's noble, but that's dangerous too as a pastor especially. But nonetheless, pray. Pray on the spot. When, you, when someone says, when your coworker says, hey, will you pray for me for this? Say, yeah, let's pray. You can do it quickly even if you're at work. And if you're not going to pray with them, then pray in your head right then. Don't forget about it. Pray for it. Pray for it on the spot. Um, don't wait until someone can pray with you. Oftentimes we'll think of something and we're like, man, I need someone to pray for me. Now today it's, it's very simple. We text somebody. Um, we just text somebody. Hey, can you pray? I've texted my dad before. Hey, will you pray for this? Yeah. I've had people text me. Hey, will you pray for this? Yeah. It's a little simpler today than maybe it was in the past, but, but we don't have to wait until someone can pray with us. Pray, pray. You, you have a relationship with God. Use it. Pray. Pray on the spot. Lastly, stop being so formal 
and talk to God. This will help us to stop praying because sometimes we get into this mindset of prayer as such a formal religious act. When it simply is, and we need to understand who we're talking to and have reverence and respect as we're praying. We've talked about that before, but just just pray. There are times where my prayers are very short as I'm getting out of the vehicle and I say, God help me. That's my prayer. <laughs> um, there are prayers uh, where, where um, I'm slamming on my brakes and I pray, Lord, please help the car to stop. Uh, there are prayers like that that are very simple. God, I handled that wrong. Forgive me. We don't have to say, Oh, God of heaven, I come before you now very humble. You can if you want to, but quit being so formal and just pray. God, give me the words that I need to say to this person. God, give me the needs that I have here. God, help me to be a better father. God, help me to be a better spouse. God, help me to be a better friend. God, help me to be a a better employee. Just pray. As we're new to prayer, it it is scary. We've heard people pray and we go, oh, am I supposed to say this? Am I supposed to say that? What happens if I don't say amen at the end? Uh, You know, all these kinds of things. Um, The reality is, is we just need to talk to God. How do we overcome the sin of not praying? Set a time. Make it a habit. Pray for things on the spot. And don't be so formal. Just simply talk to God. Four things today. Number one, uh, we have proof from the Bible that not praying is a sin. God commands us to pray. We better be praying. Number two, the result of not praying. God's people do not get what they ought to have. Wisdom, needs, health. God's work suffers because we try to do it in our own power instead of with God's help. Number three, our lack of prayer proves that we're not having real joy in Christ, that we don't uh, have a lack of belief that our, we are lazy or our priorities are wrong, and we can overcome it by, by really just doing it on purpose, just deciding, I'm going to pray more. And then we do that by saying, God, help me pray more. That sounds silly, but it's true. God, help me to pray more. And allow God to help you in your life. Lord, I pray for your help. I pray that we would be faithful as Christians in calling on you. Lord, that we would go to you with every need, with every burden, with every sin that we need forgiven. God, may we be faithful in in communicating with you and having the right kind of prayer life. God, I pray that you would help us, develop us, grow us into what you want us to be. Lord, I believe we could all say, I have room to grow I have room to get better. I have room to do more for you. So, Lord, I pray that you would help us with that. And, Lord, as we go throughout this week and we prepare and and work towards um, praying more faithfully, God, would you just give us what we need to do so. Help us in our priorities. God, forgive us for our lack and our failures when it comes to prayer. And, God, strengthen us through your word. Encourage us through your word today. So, Lord, we pray for this. We pray for your help in doing so. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.